Welcome back to another episode of Artists to Artists presented by Artists Public. And more importantly, today, this episode is going to be sponsored by Eleven Music Career Center. Our buddies over there at Eleven are probably one of the sweetest companies I know of when it comes to making money with your music faster through actually using, you know, real music career coaches to actually give you that competitive edge. Um, with that, you can check them out at turnup211.com. That's turnup211.com and two is actually T-O. So yeah, check them out, turnup211.com, get your career coaching. You know, that fits perfectly with Artist Public. You get coached, then you come to Artist Public and you bring your career to that next level. So with that, let's get into today of someone actually bringing their career to the next level. So today's guest is Austin Simon, who is a hip hop artist out of Phoenix, Arizona. He has worked with big independent artists such as our boy Jay Wright, Packy and Crypt. He also has a YouTube channel where he does reaction and reviews on music from rappers' perspectives. He does all of this while also being a fifth grade teacher. Austin's goal through music is to show the world how hard work can accomplish anything, and it's never too late to pursue your dreams. So with that, let's get into it and see what it's all about. All right, man. So I love to start these things off by just asking the simple question of like, what's your story, right? So just kind of walk us through, you know, where you came from and how you got to where you're at today. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at least, well, music wise, my music background, um, I started rapping in high school. Um, I had a, a, a little bit of a background at the time in uh, percussion. I was in marching band and all that good stuff. Um, and I actually met my producer, um, in marching band, at, um, at the same time. So then we kind of formed our own little rap group. Um, and then I went to college during that time. I was, you know, still rapping, um, kind of became a, a, a pretty decently popular, honestly, um, at NAU. Um, and, um, and then eventually I actually stopped rapping cause me and my producer kind of got into a little bit of a riff, um, and kind of just started focusing on, um, my career, um, which ended up being teaching. And, and honestly, at the time, while I was teaching, um, I was, I was always like, dang, I, I really want to go back and kind of make music again. But I just didn't know if that was going to like affect my job <laughs> um, because of just the subject matter that I sometimes would talk about. But <clears throat> what was funny was every single year, a student of mine would say, yo, you used to rap. Like they would just find me on YouTube. Um, from, you know, my college stuff. And so I would always be like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that was the old me. I don't know. I don't make music. <laughs> then, like, even like my, my principals would even say, like, they would even mention it. Like, and I'd be like, uh, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like I, I, <laughs> yeah. And, and then, um, but that went on for like four years, like literally every year, one, one student would, would, would mention it. And then the whole entire like student body would end up knowing that I used to rap. And then, um, and then eventually just like one of my principals was like, I, I think you should just rap. And because you clearly were good and you should just start doing it again. And I was like, all right, I'll do it, but I just don't fire me. <laughs> and so <laughs> then I, then I started doing that in 2019. And then um, ever since then, I've just been like doing it really hard. And then, um, you know, still yeah. um, at the same time and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Well, so so first off, you're not the first teacher to be on our podcast who is also a rapper. Uh, oh, yeah. I think what was it, the third or fourth podcast we brought Michael on? Waves. Yeah, Michael Waves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, it's funny. He kind of had the other experience. He's like, I was so sick and tired of like my 13 year old kids in my class, like making fun of me. And then I became legit. And then they were like, all right, we give you respect. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so I guess I guess kind of the first thing that I'm, you know, kind of curious about is, you know, tell me about because there's definitely other artists that have gone through that of like, I was doing music and then I went into a career. Now I got back into music. You know, how do you think maybe that helped you or maybe that hurt you? Like, what's kind of like your thought process or advice on like going through that kind of journey of like getting out of it, going back into it, you know, all that kind of stuff that, you know, may help someone else out there. I would say so definitely in the beginning, like when I um, was rapping in high school and college, Mm -hmm. I would listen to music only from an artist's perspective and Mm -hmm. I would make music only from like, I would make music basically only for myself, if that makes sense. Um, not yeah. thinking about kind of what the listener's experience is. And I think go like not making music at all, like literally at all for five years, I think kind of gave me a different perspective because now when I make music, I'm thinking from my, my own artistic view, but then also from yeah. a non-artistic view at the same time, which I think has made, my music now a whole lot just better than it was back um, when I was in college and um, <clears throat> in high school. And also, um, you know, even though I had the riff with my producer back then, we ended up rekindling. So now like, it's, it's just a whole lot. It's just, I don't know. I think we both have gotten a lot more mature also. <laughs> and so now it's just, it's, it's beautiful. Now the, the type of music that we make. So I would think the, my, my main thing that I would say, like the main plus is the fact that I have just a different perspective now going yeah. in whenever I make a song. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's definitely important. You know, I always think when I listen to music, you know, there's so much music now designed that, and a lot of popular music is designed not in the artist perspective, but in the fan perspective, yeah. um, you know, just off the top of the head, you know, you think about why peaches just blew up well it's a singback song you know there's there's so many things that are just designed like that and you know it works and you know when you step outside of that box you're like wow okay this is why this is done like this or this is how these people hear my music so if i you know hit more on that point then yeah that's definitely awesome um that was my question christian i'm gonna pass that baton back over to you yeah. So, you know, we're talking a lot about your music career and, you know, how, how things have kind of shaped up for you. And I, I want to talk a little bit about your YouTube stuff as well. Um, I come from a content background, so this is kind of my area of expertise. So how did you get into YouTube and, you know, what was kind of like the driving factor to like continue that channel? Yeah. Um, so for a while, um, I was just kind of putting music videos and um, just like, I guess just a picture with my song on it and it didn't really do much because I, I don't know. I just, I started realizing that if no one knows who you are on YouTube and you're not really like bringing value in any way, you're just putting on music. No one, it's really difficult to be found on YouTube. And so then I started kind of doing some research. Um, I tried like the producer route where I would just put beats on that. It it kind of worked, but not really. So then I, gotta try something new which was reactions um i found joey Nato, crypt Dwayne tv um no life shack like all those guys i don't know life shack isn't an artist but the 
the other three were. And so I was like, okay, how are they kind of using reactions as a way for people to end up finding their music? And so I did a bunch of research and then just started doing that. And it worked almost instantly. I think my third reaction got 50,000 views within the first two months, I think, of me putting it out. It was an NF reaction. And my goal with it was to, I guess, show listeners kind of what the artist was thinking when they made certain decisions in the song. And I, and I think that that, like, I guess the educational value really um, brought interest to, uh, to my channel. And that ended up kind of getting me to the point where I got a pretty decent amount of uh, subscribers. And so would you say that, you know, your, your YouTube following has kind of uh, transferred over to your Spotify and like your streaming services following? I would say now um, at first, cause I only, I've only been doing reactions for I think seven months. Um, I haven't been doing it for that, for that long. I got you. Um, in the beginning, I would say it was pretty difficult for me to, tra- uh, to like, transition those reactor fans over to music. Um, a lot of them were coming in just for reactions. Now, and, and then I actually, what's funny is I was listening to your guys' Joey Notto um, interview where he was saying where he kind of just started just spamming his, his music on like, a bunch, like all, like basically throughout his, um, his videos and would put the, he would pin a comment, I guess, for his Spotify. So then I started doing that and I really like it, it instantly like started, like I started seeing the shift almost immediately. Um, And, and I did an artist rebrand almost like the day after I heard that podcast where it was, (laughs) I did instead uh, teacher reacts. I did rap artist reacts so that, cause I started thinking like maybe the reactor audience, like the reaction audience doesn't see me as an artist. They see me as a teacher who does rap. But instead I wanted them to think of, me being a rapper that teaches i mean yeah yeah yeah, that's cool and uh you know huge plug there you know listen listen to artist 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 podcast and you know you might just blow up on youtube (laughs) cool so and then another thing with me is like the the big thing with that channel is like that i've noticed is when i go in depth on what the artist is thinking of or like how the artist did what they did on the, on the song. That's like when the, that's, those are usually the videos that usually do really well because the audience, not only are, I guess, artists who are listening to or watching the reaction, they get something out of it, but then the, just the casual listener will get something out of it too as well. Yeah. And then you kind of, you cast a wide net for who could potentially listen to your music as well. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I know, at least in this day and age, you, you find a lot of people who are actively working towards a career in music who also are like super fans of other artists. Um, and if you can kind of cast that net on to YouTube, you're going to be able to pull a very large amount of people rather than just trying to promote it through your social media where it's just like fans or yeah. somewhere else where it's just other artists. So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, but I, I think I think YouTube is a really great vehicle for marketing um, for independent artists in particular. I, I think you know, like you or Joey Notto, like you, you guys are kind of leading the the 
way and figuring out, you know, how can I creatively market myself while also providing value to other people? Exactly. Yeah. And YouTube is only getting bigger too. You know, it kind of went through phases, you know, it was kind of like when, you know, I remember talking to actually Jay Wright about it. He was like, yeah, when I first started, you know, YouTube was huge. And then it kind of, you know, died. And then it's now coming back. It's like, yo, you should use YouTube. Um, so it's kind of interesting to watch that. And I think that kind of leads into my next question is obviously, you know, as a music artist, you have so many social channels to choose from. And so, you know, how do you, you know, set yourself on YouTube or how does one person set themselves on TikTok or Instagram reels or just Instagram feeds? Like, how do you know which social network to choose that you're going to go all in on? And like, that's going to be your social network to drive fans. Yeah. Um, it, I got, I was kind of an, uh, an advantage because of the fact that like my students um, all use YouTube. And so I was like, well, I now know what I should probably be using because not only do adults use YouTube, but kids use YouTube. So like, that's probably going to be my widest audience that yeah. I could reach. Um, it was a, it was a pretty calculated um, decision before then, before I really started focusing on YouTube, my, basically my only focus was Spotify and Instagram, um, which honestly did help because then when I went into YouTube, I still kind of had a following on Instagram and on Spotify yep. that I could, you know, I didn't have to worry about, okay, well, like, why is my YouTube not translating over to Spotify? Like I still had that audience still there. Mm -hmm. um, but what I usually will do is I'll kind of pick one, um, I guess, platform, focus on it until I get to the number of followers that I feel like is, is good. Um, and then I'll kind of move on to the next one while still providing content regularly to the, the, whatever I feel like I've mastered. <laughs> so yeah. Like right now, I feel like I've done pretty well on YouTube. So now I've been kind of kind of trying to get into TikTok. TikTok is, <clears throat> you have to be super consistent with it. And, you know, some days I'm just like, dang, like I, I didn't, I, I wasn't able to, to, to get, you know, a video on TikTok or, you know, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. YouTube, like, as long as you get, well, at least for me, as long as I get one in a day, I'm, I'm good with the consistency. So I'm still trying to, to learn how to, how to get TikTok nice, but, um, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. But. No, no, no. That's, that's on point. And I, and I think going off of a, a point you said there too, about like you were able to really focus on YouTube because you already had Spotify and Instagram set up. And I think that's another good point is like, you know, in the marketing world, when you're building a fan base, there is those kind of, you know, main networks and tertiary networks where it's like, you know, Spotify and Instagram have really become like, these are my home bases where like my super fans are. Yeah. And then, you know, you're not going to, when you post on your feed, you're not going to reach really new people. So it's like, okay. And when you post a new song, you know, unless you're advertising it, you're not going to reach new people. And so then it's like, where do the advertising networks come in? And that's like, okay, you know, now I got my home base is set up. I'm going to go advertise on YouTube and use that to reach new people. I'm going to go advertise on TikTok to reach new people. And I think, you know, a lot of people miss that step and they just post on Instagram and they're like, yo, my new song's up, check it out. Yeah. And it's like, but where's the advertising? You know, you can't just advertise to those same people over and over and over again. You need to continuously add new people to that network. And then the question comes in is where are you adding people from that? Yeah. Um, Actually, that's a really good um, way to think about it. I never even thought about that. Like Instagram being like a home base. Like that is very true. Um, boom. Really think about it, yeah. Mic drop. 
<laughs> Everyone listening, you just got valuable knowledge today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's definitely that's definitely a, a good kind of area. But also breaking off of that point, Christian, I think it's time for a lightning round. Ooh, we haven't done one of these in a little bit. Let's try. We haven't it. done one of these in a while, and I think it is time. So basically, we're gonna hit you with random ass questions that we find on the internet, and uh, you just gotta answer them with the first things that come to your mind. So the first question that I'm going to ask is if I was to be with you for an entire 24 hours, what is one thing that I would hear the most? Uh, <laughs> you would hear uh, my dog barking <laughs> a lot. Um, and uh, you would probably, you would hear me yelling probably in my studio. <laughs> my reactions, I, I get pretty animated. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, so here's a pretty controversial one. Um, you know, your fans might not be fans after you answer this. I don't know. Does pineapple oh does pineapple belong on pizza? Absolutely not. So here's my thing with, with, <laughs> with, fruit, with just fruit in general. I actually don't eat fruit at all. <laughs> um, I, it's just vegetables. That's like all like vegetables and chicken. That's like all I eat. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna get we're gonna get very controversial over here. Going off of that, then is a hot dog a sandwich? Ooh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I saw this question like a month ago, and it blew my mind because like it is like <laughs> it is a sandwich. Like it's all. I mean, it's a just a sideways sandwich. Yeah, meat inside of bread. That's what it is. Sideways. <laughs> it's a sideways sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. What is the most delightful word that you can think of? Delightful word that I can think of. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with growth. You growth. Like, that's just like yeah. In any situation, that's that's a po- like literally a positive. So I like that. Growth. Yeah. Deal. All right, Christian, well, I got my last question. I don't know if you're going to follow this up or anything, because this is a really good question. All right. And I'm, I'm following with the, uh, with the theme of controversial. Um, <laughs> is water wet? <laughs> okay, so I go back and forth on this question quite a bit. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm going to go with, yes, water is wet. Because, like, water... Well, I, I don't know. Like, like, I go back and forth on that because like if, okay, I'm wet if I'm surrounded by water, but water is water. So I don't know if that means that it's wet or not. <laughs> is it like, like two wets make a dry? Like, is that, is like that, the, that the kind of math we're dealing with here? I think in this question, oh, yeah. like yeah, because, you know, yeah, dry plus a wet equals a wet, but is two wets plus a wet yeah. equal a dry? We don't, we don't know. You know, I think I saw I saw a TikTok like when this question became like really popular. And I'm pretty sure that the thesis was that water is like scientifically dry based on like the makeup of the molecules or some shit. I don't even know. But Probably. when it's on something, it makes <clears throat> it wet. I think that was that's what he was saying. You're dry, you're dry if if you're not surrounded by water but if you are water then you're surrounded by dryness so technically water would be dry yeah i think so that's water, exactly what the guy was locked in answer water is not wet 
Water so, is okay. <laughs> there it is. anyone controversial, I want comments. I want answers. I want math. I want actual scientific explanations for why water is not wet if you don't, or is wet if you don't, if you disagree with us of our statement that water is not wet. So with that, let's get back into the episode, <laughs> diving in to whether water is wet or not. Um, let's dive into, I'm trying to think of something that something is something, but I can't think of that. Um, let's dive into what you have plans of the fact that hopefully, fingers crossed, um, this past year is behind us and the music industry is back. Let's see how long it's back for, but it's yeah. back. And so, you know, being an independent artist, obviously we all know that 90% of revenue that we all make in the independent artist world is not from streaming. And so most of it is getting back on shows, selling merch, bringing that whole side of the, the you know, artist side in. Being a teacher though, obviously that's tough. So, you know, what's kind of, you know, your game plan and, you know, your kind of story of how you think you're going to, you know, kind of conquer live shows, merchandising, stuff like that. And that whole side of being an artist. Yeah. So actually, um, I have listened to a couple of Michael Waves um, podcasts, uh, like mm-hmm. podcasts that he's been on, um, because of the fact that he is like, like we are doing almost the yeah. exact same thing. And so, and I know that he has, he like kind of gained his fan base off of shows. I kind of started getting momentum right when COVID really hit. So I never, I've only done like one show since since like really starting to get back into music mm-hmm. and so um i kind of look at that as a plus because now again you know i now have that that core fan base a little bit and then now once i kind of get on the road and i figure that out then i can you know make maybe even expand that even more um but i remember M- michael Webbs was talking about how he takes advantage of the amount of breaks that he gets because uh, you know right now i'm not working and um then we also get winter breaks spring break so you, we do have opportunities to um you know utilize our our breaks to you know tour and kind of get on the road i just need to figure out exactly how i'm going to tackle that um but so that's like for live shows and things like that um and then for i guess future like collaborations now we can finally like be in the same place you know i can finally travel to somebody if i you know like for instance like like jay wright um I recently did a song with him. We both kind of co-owned the song. I think it would have been cool if we worked in the same place on the song, but we had to do it all, all remotely. But COVID kind of taught all of us how to do every, like a lot of things remotely. Like now we, like there's just so much that I've learned from just because of the fact that I couldn't do a lot of the things that I probably would have done differently if COVID never happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. And I think, so in that world, you know, obviously being in the studio with someone is way better. Um, But, you know, what kind of is your advice of like some things you learned of like how to still make music, even though remote, because I think there's a huge value in remote. Now you can make, you know, if you're comfortable with that, you can make music with someone from Nigeria or Norway, or I don't know why I'm naming ends. Um, But, you know, you can, you can make music from anywhere. And so, you know, what's kind of a couple of things that you learned from that that you know you think are helpful when when making music remote yeah um well just the fact that we have that like technology is just so incredible now that you there's really no excuse when it comes to getting your music out there and because like for me minus facebook ads i would say that collaboration has been like one of the 
biggest like reasons why I've gained the at least the fan base that I have right now. And so technology is is here to help. It's a it's a good resource. Um, and so with that being said, it's you know smart to to reach out to people, especially like if like you said, like uh, other countries. Like that's a whole fan base that can be tapped in to where I'm still in my house. You know what I mean? Like, I think right now I have a, a song with the, with the guy, I think his name is, well, his name is Michael Bars. I, I'm pretty sure he's from the Philippines. Um, and I, I now have access to that entire, you know, country or, or you know, his, his fan base is from that country because of technology. Literally, we, we talked almost exclusively on Instagram and figured out how to, how to do a song that way. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I think there was actually someone that, uh, Michael Waves connected me with that was totally from another country. And he's like, I can't hop on a call because I can't speak English. He's like, but I can type English. He's like, so let's do yeah. business here. And I was like, all right, help me. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I definitely think you're, you're on point with that. And there's a, there's a lot to be learned, but a lot of, a lot of benefits from that. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I, I think the way that the world has become since COVID like it or not, you know, a lot of things are, moving remote and that that is not uh that is not exception an exception from music right so there's so many markets in the world that an artist can get into all they have to do is know the right people like you with uh this guy in the philippines right that's a whole country that's a whole market that a lot of american artists probably don't have access to and now you do um and that's really cool. Um, I, I'm like genuinely curious though. This is a complete sidebar from the previous conversation. Do you, or have you ever integrated your music skills into your teaching? Yes. Um, <clears throat> we had to like, at one point do like a, our own club, like each tried to do our own club. So I did a hip hop club. Had to do oh, that. Cool. that was a, like, <laughs> they were asking, they were like, like you have to do a hip hop club. I was like, all right, I got you. And like every kid has an iPad. And so all the iPads have, um, they have a garage band on there. So since I use Logic, it's basically like, it's just a watered down version of Logic. So I was able to teach them how to use that. So yeah, it was, it's pretty awesome. That's, that's really cool. That is really yeah. cool. And that's like, that's teaching music skills to kids who wouldn't have had it beforehand. Um, yeah. So I think that's actually really sweet. Um, who doesn't like making music? exactly <laughs> right <laughs> um and you know when you emailed me austin I, I think one thing that you had mentioned was like wanting to talk about like how you provide value right um so i want to ask you know what is your kind of philosophy on that you know how do you as an artist as a teacher as a human being provide value to the people that listen to you and the people around you yeah yeah um <clears throat> so Providing value is a big part of someone's brand. I think that like your brand is kind of very closely associated with the value that you bring um, and the art and not like how you, I guess, affect the audience that you're trying to reach. Uh, for me, a, a lot of my music is based off of like hard work and, um, you know, proving people wrong. I, I mention that a lot in my songs. Um, and that's just from just the content of my actual music standpoint, but even with like the different avenues that I've used on social media, like my reactions, I, I count that as providing value because of just the things that I talk about in those reactions. Um, 
it's not just you know me just saying oh that was cool <laughs> in a song like like honestly like 90 percent of reactors do i will dive deep into the song and like explain kind of you know just the different aspects of the you know the lyrics the 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 mixing sometimes the the, the production and so not only are listeners and, and fans um i don't like to say fans i like to say supporters supporters um listening to my music for you know just motivation i guess but then also if they're going on my instagram or my youtube they're learning something as well so in pretty much all aspects of what i release i want them to get something out of it and it's not just them listening to me rapping my ass off you <laughs> know right you're a teacher through and through yeah <laughs> um Cool, man. Well, we are getting towards the end of our time here. So I want to ask you the famous last question. And that is, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your supporters or, you know, any new supporters that might come from this episode? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually have two, right? So <clears throat> one is, um, so my first, because I've been basically releasing music for two years. Now I'm finally starting to see a little bit of a profit um, from it. Um, and the first year I made a lot, a lot of mistakes, like going through, uh, you know, playlists or, you know, trying to outsource some of my money towards marketing to third parties. I would say, don't do that uh, because you, you can't trust those companies and um, try your hardest to get the most organic um, audience that you possibly can, like the most organic way that you can possibly do it. Um, and I think that that's like kind of catapulted um, my my career to the point where it's at now, um, especially like through my you know YouTube uh, reactions. But then also Facebook ads is huge to me. Um, and I <clears throat> got the idea from that actually from Jay Wright. He was talking about it and how like he amassed uh, a, a pretty big following on Spotify because of his Facebook, uh, partially because of his Facebook ads. And so I really started to learn how to do that. I would say to Look up Andrew Southworth or Tom Dupree. Um, their YouTube videos really go in, in depth on how to do those um, effectively. And then also, so that's one of them. But then my second one is learn as many skills as you possibly can so that you don't have to go through someone else for something if you don't have to. And what I mean by that is like graphic design. If you can learn how to do graphic design, learn how to do it so that then you don't have to pay somebody else for it. Um, producing, even though I have other producers, <clears throat> um, I know how to produce. And so if I just, you know, really want to just, I want to just get something out, I can just do it. Um, and then also obviously, uh, the marketing aspect of things. So if you can try to learn as many things as you possibly can, because all of that information is online and, um, and then do it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Nick, you're muted. Yeah, I know I was. I agree with that. And, you know, I was actually talking with, with a buddy the other day, you know, there's a lot of sketchy companies out there, like be careful where you go. You know, at the end of the day, you do have to market and you do have to do stuff and you can't just put a picture out and say, Hey, check my link in my bio, yeah. but you got to make sure, you know, you're going through right companies and you're going through, you know, companies that are really, you know, providing value. I was actually on a, on a meeting this morning, building a partnership for our public of like, something that's going to provide so much value. And I said that to the, the, the vendor, I was like, look, at the end of the day, I just want to provide value. If we can provide value to artists and build a legit resource, let's, let's do it. 
Um, and there's not a lot of companies out there that think like that. And so when you go through that marketing for anyone listening, definitely be careful of who you go with. Um, you can always message artists public on Instagram. We will tell you if another company is legit or not. And yes, we have said that some of our competitors are legit. So we will give you unbiased reviews. Uh, yeah. So with that, Austin, I can't thank you enough for hopping on, um, for anyone out there. If you like this, if you like this episode, as you know, there's a lot of value that is delivered in this. Please give us a five-star rating. It'd be great. Um, and don't forget to check out one of our best friends and sponsors um, with Eleven to have all your career coaching, all that stuff like that to get real value. Because as we said, there's a lot of sketchy people out there. So you can get some real value. Career coaching is great, especially for music professionals. And with that, we'll see you guys next time. Keep my mind clouded, living in the sky, cause it's less crowded.